lace up your boots and get ready for TM5 United, your one-stop shop for all the news about our five stripes. Here's your hosts, Abner Castellanos and David Donis. Hello, everybody out there. We are back. I know you missed us, but we are here to talk about the greatest club in the world, Atlanta United. Abner, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. You know, Dean's getting kicked off, kids starting back to school and sports and all that. So, you know, my weekends of golf are gone. <laughs> but no. you, sound, you sound sexy. Did you get a new mic? Like, I don't know if it's my voice or is it just go. mic? <laughs> Welcome to Not, the Love Line with Admiral right. Castellanos. Yeah, I finally I finally got this thing set up, man. It was being a little hassle, but hey, I, I finally figured out, you know, I'm an old guy, so technology is really not my thing. Yeah, you're a boomer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but David, how was your weekend? Yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta step my game up too. For but, weekend, uh, weekend, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's been a while since we we we've got on here, <laughs> but yeah, I spent this past weekend. Uh, the in laws were visiting from Arizona, so we went to Biloxi, Mississippi. First time I've stayed there. I've driven past it because we went to New Orleans one time. Um, but yeah, we had a good time. Um, it was got in the beach, you know, gambled a little bit, so. Um, yeah, overall, it was, it was a good time. Hot, super hot, but uh, you know that's what you want when you're at the beach. So I had a good time. But Abner, finally, we got some some positive news af- after weeks and weeks of negative news surrounding Atlanta United. So obviously, the transfer window closes for MLS. There's a lot of uh, moves around the league, but what we care about is anything affecting Atlanta United because we've talked about this, Abner. If we're gonna make a real push for the playoffs and get in one of those top seeds, um, or shoot, even just keep our spot, we need some reinforcements really bad. So Abner, before we get, I get into all the signings, before the transfer window. Wait, 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 we sign people? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we can can do that, you know. We don't always just have to let go of players because we made bad contracts. but we signed some players, um, and for this, I'm gonna create. I'm gonna include Tristan Muyamba because he was just a few weeks prior. But before this transfer window, and excluding Tristan Muyamba as part of the batch of players, um, where would you have said we were the weakest in our team in terms of position? And I want you to start from like the most the most weakest to the not so weakest. Okay, so the most weakest. Yeah, like the the place we need a player like is the weakest on the team that we need somebody bad. Does it have to be a starter? No, it doesn't have to be. Backup striker. Okay. Backup striker. I think that was key. Uh, Defensive mid. Center mid. Like the six. Mm -hmm. The six and uh, C C C C. I don't know because I want to say center back. But right now we're kind of in a transition where we have Miles Purata and Hernandez sometimes, or probably so, Abraham. I think uh, Abraham, Abraham too. Now. Like I, I don't know. I I don't think because like last game he started um, uh, Hernandez and not Abraham. So I don't know. It's a it's a I guess depending who we're playing. But I think backup striker. Um, I think winger actually. I probably put yeah. winger there. I put both, so, both okay. the right wing. Both both both. Okay. Um, I think I don't know because like you had now that now that we made that tweak where we have like a, a per se a three whatever three five five whatever you want to call it in the back uh, with Wiley and, and Lennon kind of getting pushed up. It's it's crazy because like you'll get Wiley 
have a great game, then have a decent game, and then you have Lennon have a great game, and then have a crappy game. So it's kind of the inconsistency sucks, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know what we're, we know what we're getting out of DG that he's gonna fight. We know what we're getting out of Mata. Even when he has a bad game, it's the best game for some folks in the MLS. So uh, we have that. We have Miles back there, who's who's a stud. I mean, he I don't mm-hmm. think he's really lost uh, a step or anything, but I think he does definitely needs help. Uh, but no, I would go backup striker because when Gigi comes out, dude, it's like it's like we settled for a tie or you know try and make something happen. And it sucks because like Chol was having such a good um, impact mm-hmm. coming off the bench last couple of games, so that kind of hurts with uh, Wolf. Um, what so do we backup have? striker, then you said the six, mm-hmm. then a and center then mid, and then a winger. Winger mm-hmm. before the center mid or center mid? I mean center uh, back before. I put the winger, winger before the center back. Okay, so I'm almost in line with you, except for me, I think the weakest we are is at the six, because obviously we got okay. rid of Ivada. And then I would say the eight would be next, because Roseto and Sadich, you know, they don't really provide much. Then I went with right wing, because we got rid of Arujo. Um, and then I, I went with the backup striker, um, just because obviously we have Gigi, it's really just the person that can fill that spot if he gets injured or he can't go the full 90. So we're almost in line. I think from, from a defensive standpoint, I think we're pretty good. I think we're probably going to revert back to the way we were playing with probably having, you know, maybe you put Abram in the middle so he's not so exposed with his speed and then you put Miles on one side and then you put Purata on the side. I think after the game we had saw last time with Hernandez, he's probably going to go back to the bench because you just can't make those mistakes at this level. Um, so those are the positions we've got. And the reason I asked you that, Abner, because I want to go through the signings and I want you to um, grade whether uh, or gauge whether we, we met those obligations with the players we signed. And I know it's early, too early to tell, but I'd like to give at least get a little feel of how we think this transfer window went, it being the first time that Garth Lagaway and Carlos Bocanegra worked together. So here are the transfers. Oh. Uh, were we going to say something? No, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I got you. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> all right, all right. So, um, so first, I'm gonna go. Obviously, we already spoke about Tristan Buyamba. He's a midfielder. He could play the six or the eight, but we saw in the Cruz Azul game he played as an eight. And he looked pretty good, but it looks like he can probably be fluid between the eight or six, which is great because we need those positions. Um, for me, I'm gonna assume just he's gonna be the eight based on what we saw um, in the game against Cruz Azul. Um, and we already broke down him. He's he's French, you know, he was playing the second division. Um, I'm gonna say the ages too, Abner, because I think it's very important to um, get the ages of these players. So he's 26. And then we got Jamal Diari, Diari, Diari. He's French as well. Well, he's Senegalese, I'm sorry, but he was playing in France. He plays, he's the backup striker we mentioned. He's a center forward and he's 30. All right, next player we have is Zande Silva from uh, Portugal, and he's actually on loan. So uh, he is, uh, he can play as a winger, left wing, or he can also, he's been listed as a forward. I don't know if he plays that that often. Um, he's also 26. And then we our last signing is Saba Lobzandizi, Lobzandize, Lobzandize. Lobzandize, I think that one sounds the best. But we're all just going to call him Saba, let's be honest. <laughs> um, so he's our DP, our winger. He could play, he's probably going to go into that Arujo spot, the right wing. Um, but he could also play less left wing. He's from Georgia, so we got Georgia to Georgia, which is kind of fun. And he's 28. And apparently he's 
uh, the DP spot for 1.6 million. So that's not a whole lot of money. And uh, apparently that's like uh, something that we'd be able to buy down in the future to make them not a DP and potentially open that spot up again for another player. So um, Abner, I mean, I think looking at these players, uh, based on my concerns, the only spot that I don't think we were able to like definitely fill, but it could be filled is the six because Uyamba, you know, he could play the six, but he looks like more of an eight to me, but obviously we've only seen one game. So the six is the only spot that I feel like we might be shaky because if you put Muyamba as a six and play Roseto Sadej, I still think you're going to, one of those positions is going to lack either way. <laughs> but I do think like if I had a, if these players had a slot in as starters, which is probably not going to be that soon because they got to do visas, they got to get, you know, organize a team. I would say that you'd probably have Muyamba playing as the eight. You would have Saba playing the right wing where our usual is. And you put, you take Brooksland back to right back where he used to play. Um, then you probably have uh, Zande Silva either on the left wing and you pull Caleb Wiley back. Uh, probably is where I see it. And then Damon Thiari, 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 um, he would come on as a backup striker to Gigi or what we talked about, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't, I would, it would be kind of cool to see maybe we play two strikers. Yeah, Dave, I mean, I, they definitely answered some questions, um, that, you know, the Atlanta United fan base had is, you know, who we signed and who are these guys. And of course, it's not a well-known name. It's not, you know, somebody like, oh yeah, that guy played at so-and-so, right? It's, it's guys that you probably had to look up and be like, oh, he plays here? Oh, this is what he does. So, um, yeah, I mean, we didn't know anything about Muyamba and dude, after his first game, we were, I was like, wow, like this guy can play. Like he, you yeah. know, he showed a lot of promise. Yes, it's just one game. So yes, it's yeah. hard to say, you know, we can judge him on that, right? But David, we only have 10 games. So if they saw that in him and he made that change right away, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing what these guys are going to bring as far as, you know, uh, the competitive edge on the wing side, um, the competitive edge in the middle, and then, you know, the back of striker, you know, this could also motivate Barry to pick it yeah, up a notch. right. Hey, Come hey, it on, could. Dude. Barry it could. is it, done. I, I know Barry he's is done. done. Look, David, look. He's Barry's still... not even going to make it into the 18. You don't think he's going to make it to 18? He probably dude, will. That's, he probably will. That's another, that's another question, though. There's another question, right? Well, he'll, depends, he'll like, make it in the first game because of visas. All the, was, yeah, that's the only reason. But let's see. Once all the players are here, I mean, it's going to be a tough decision to to pick our 18. Um, you know, some players are going to be some good players that we've had that have got meaningful minutes are going to be even left out of the 18. Um, but Adam, let me ask you something too. What do you make of um, the fact that all these players are they're they're older players? That have been around Europe for a long time. Because I made it, you know, I wanted to say everybody's age, because every the oldest player we signed, I mean the youngest player we signed, excuse me, was 26. So these aren't the the Miguel Almiron, uh, the Tiago Armada, the young up-and-comer that we're trying to get in here and then sell for big money. These aren't players that they've been in Europe. They're not gonna, they're not looking to move to Europe. They're happy here. They're they're looking for a career here, right? So what do you make of that? I like it, man. It's a different direction because I think they messed up uh, going for the young, you know, like what you, I think, yeah, it was you that said it, you know, I guess we stopped uh, marketing in uh, South America, you know, and I guess we moved <laughs> to the, to the uh, second uh, French, <laughs> the French league, French league yeah. <laughs> which is weird, right? But 
Uh, David, uh, you know, I think with that brings a lot of experience. It brings a lot of like um, uh, matureness in our team. So I think mm. that can help us. I mean, I know, and it's hard because like I want to, I wish this happened more towards the middle of the season because it'll give you a lot of more room to to actually see what we're playing. I know we're playing a friendly against uh, St. Louis uh, behind closed doors, of course, but yeah, that's going to be a, you know, I'm sure we'll hear reports out of that, but David, we still got to wait on visas. Luckily, well, not luckily, but we got our butts kicked out of uh, the um, uh, the League's League One Cup. So now we had like 20 days to, you know, prepare for the last 10 days. Um, but David, is 10 days going to be enough for us to be like, oh, yeah, this guy's a great signing? I don't think, <laughs> right? It's no, kind of hard. No, of course not. You know, especially like, you know, we got Gigi and we're like, we still had a wait. And then we came in, we're like, okay. And then, you know, he's an MLS all-star. And you're like, okay, like this guy has worked out perfect right you know they said the same thing about Etienne coming in Uh, we were all definitely wrong about that Uh, Mosqueda I think has shown more than Etienne has but even that is not that much Um, Wiley Wolf and you know are you know up in the air with Chol Um, Wiley's has had some good games but then there'd be some games where he's kind of been like you know not what we're used to seeing so I'm hoping these guys can bring, especially because of that, you know, they're not young. So if they're young, you're like, expect them to mess up, expect them not to have that experience. Yeah. These guys are experienced. I, I'm sure they've gone up against uh, people that are players that have tried to beat, you know, um, taking their spot in the in the team. They've probably been the young guy trying to take the, the vets thing. So I think, like you said, they're coming here to not only like vacation, but they're coming here to actually play and, you know, you know, it's, you know, they already established themselves. So now it's like, okay, let me come here and establish myself in America. Because um, I think it was Muyamba that said that, you know, in, or it was, no, it was one of the uh, the signings we just, we just uh, had. Um, he said that a lot of people in Europe know who Atlanta United is. So that's, it was an easy decision for him to come over here, which is mm-hmm. great to hear. You know, it's great to see that um, thanks to, you know, you know, us coming in as a hot fire team when we first started um, um, the club. Um, but that tells you a lot, you know, it tells you a lot that these guys are trying to come in and make a difference, be that difference maker. So that's pretty dope. 10 games. I don't know, David, it's a hard schedule we got coming up. So I'm excited to see we're well rested, but last time we were well rested, we didn't even play that great. So, uh, it's yeah. a lot of question marks is we got, mm-hmm. we got a, you know, a long way to go before we see our team back on, back on the field. Um, but I do like, I do like that we sign people, um, Yes. Well, not. we had to sign people. There's no way they were gonna get, go. Well, no yeah, were to go without signing uh, anybody. Look, look I no would I would have been surprised if we didn't even sign anybody. To be honest, yeah, with you they would have been. They would have been a lot of angry fans. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. Uh, I like the signings. I think uh, we needed to change direction. Um, you know, it's not a knock on South Americans because obviously we've had a great luck with South Americans. You think about, you know, the first two years where we hit it out of the park with. Uh, you know, we had Miguel Almiron, you had Joseph Martinez, Tito Villalba, uh, really quality players. But I do think that we need a balance because if all the players are young, up-and-coming players, you're missing that um, that experience, that leadership, uh, that professionalism. Um, because we saw several times when Atlanta would go down a goal or the game wasn't going right, and you could just see everybody's head hanging low. And really the only person you had was Brad Guzan, um, that would, would kind of pick up the team. And then obviously when he went down, that was a, a big loss there too from a leadership standpoint. So I think these players, they're seasoned. They've been around in Europe, so they know what it is to be a professional. And again, you know, you mix it in with South, some South American young young blood. You got Tiago Armada, who he's still going to stay with the team. I assume he's going to stay 
at least the rest of this season. So uh, that's good for us. But I think when you mix the experienced players and the young up and coming South Americans, I think that's a recipe for good things to happen for this club. Uh, and, you know, we again, we yeah, you mentioned it. We got 10 tough games. Um, but, you know, if things hit right and these players are who we think they are, I think we can see Atlanta United turn things around. Yeah, man, hopefully that's the case. <laughs> we, uh, like I said, it's 10 games, 30 points. Uh, we're sitting, what, in sixth, seventh place right now. We, uh, we, I think, I think we need 15 points or more to, uh, to establish ourselves in our playoffs. So, yeah, I think they said the magic number is usually around, you know, like 43, 44 points. Uh, so, but we'll have to see. Obviously, you don't want to get in those play on play in spots. So, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll just have to see what happens when the team starts playing together. And um, I don't know if you do. You have a connection to Biden that we might be able to speed this this up. Um. Yeah, man. I texted him, but he fell asleep when. Uh, <laughs> he just texted a bunch of gibberish back, and you're yeah. like, what the heck are these? <laughs> "All right, man." But yeah, either way, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm. I like the signings. It's too hard to to rate, you know, Bocanegra and Lagerway. So we gotta wait it out, see what it looks like. But um, so far, they met. They met all the needs that this team uh, was lacking. So I think this is gonna be a, a good move. And like I mentioned. There were no offers for Almada, so he's going to be here for the foreseeable future. I, you know, I don't know what you make of it, Abner, but maybe, you know, because Atlanta United was kind of, you know, not playing well. Maybe they want uh, some of the clubs or in Europe may want to see Thiago Almada do it for, you know, another season, or they want to see the rest of the season before they want to commit, or they want to wait till you know the winter transfer window to to make a move like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, you know, at least we know we have him, right? Um, I would have bet money he was going to be gone too, but ooh, you know, I would have. It's, uh, it's good for us. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely really good for us. I'm, I'm happy he's staying, you know, but you know, hopefully with these reinforcements, he can uh, get a lot of help because uh, he's definitely been needing it. <laughs> oh and, yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's definitely putting the talk about putting somebody putting the team on their back and try to do something, and with no help. <laughs> Right, and you know another thing, Admiral. Before we transition, um, you know you've you've seen in the game that so many players, so many of our players, and I think maybe it's because they're young, younger players, they always feel like the need to give it to Armada. You know, like mm-hmm. he's gonna do something with it. I think having these players, you know, they're not gonna always look like I have to give it to Armada. They're gonna take it themselves. We saw it with Muyamba. He took it upon himself. He took one or two players, got in some really dangerous positions. So I think that is going to help the team overall, that we don't have to rely so much on Thiago Armada. And when you have other players to look out for, then that gives Armada the space to, for him to work with. Because now they're worried about other players, not just two or three players, you know, all coming coming in around Armada when he's trying to dribble, dribble the ball out. So um, I think that'll be good for him. And he could really shine even more than he has. <laughs> David, one thing I'm hoping from these new signs, I hope they bring their shooting boots. Oh, shoot. They better. <laughs> they better freaking. We need somebody that uh, knows man. how to freaking kick the dang ball, dude. Uh, almost almost had to give a call to Young Hoku to come and uh, just kick the ball. I don't <laughs> care where it went. What's up, man? Uh, uh, all right, man. Let's talk about Leaks Cup. So... Um, I, don't know, I don't know if you've been catching these games, but these games have been wild. Obviously, because you don't have extra time, you're having a lot of uh, PK shootouts. But the main story has been 
the Leo Messi show. He is dominating. I mean, this guy cannot stop scoring and putting it on shows, uh, putting on a show for the crowd. Um, Abner, but before we get into the rest of the League's Cup, can I ask you a question? Because uh, obviously, we both love Messi. We know he's a GOAT. But you think he's getting too much respect from MLS players and the refs? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> easy answer, definitely. right? Yeah, yeah, easy. What, what I did like, um, who was it they just played? Um, FC uh, Dallas. FC Dallas, yeah. That dude was, was giving it to him. And... That's cool because, like, I think you gain more respect by doing that than, and you know, just holding back. But it's, it's David. It's a lot of times where it's like, dude, like, put a body on him, like, do yeah, something. Dude, you know, like, I, always, like, I, get, I told you when when Messi signed, I was like, dude, uh, this guy's gonna get fouled so much. And I've seen the exact opposite. Like, Messi has room to run. Um, people aren't fouling him as much as they should, and Messi's getting away with fouls that should be called. I mean, that's not on the players. But dude, giving him way, way, way too much respect and space. Like put a ball, like like we saw that versus the line United. Um, you know, just it's like, and I get it. Like you know, you're not like I'm sure like playing the MLS, you never thought that you play against Messi or even had that chance. Especially a lot of the MLS guys that don't get the call up to their international teams, and those international teams really never play Argentina. So it was, you know, I'm sure they're like, oh my god, it's Messi. Which I mean, I'm sure I would too, but like. At the end of the day, you got to do a job, right? You got you got to mm-hmm. go out there. Like, I mean, me and you, we shared the field on opposite ends when we played in high school, and we go at it. But at the end, after that, you know, we're cousins, so it is what it is. We leave it all on the field, even in pickup games, we go hard. I don't and know. After that, I don't so know. Whatever. Sometimes, sometimes afterwards, you still kind of are mean to me. I mean, David, just because like I put a nail in your car and you had a flat tire. <laughs> <doesn't>... <laughs> That's not my fault. You know, at least I fixed it. I did it for free. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm saying like, put up like, it's, it's you know, and don't get me wrong. Like, it's cool to see that and hopefully we get the opportunity to see him. But like, dude, put a body on him. Do something like, get aggressive. Like, I want to see that, you know, I, I don't want to see that special treatment and, and it's crazy day because like these refs we had like same thing right like you be him giving handshakes and like oh hey like you know can we take a picture it's like like i get it you know i get it it's, it's a once in a lifetime thing but at the same time like we all have a job to do so go do your job and um i don't know david right. i think it, i think it's gonna get tired i mean i i'd hope i was hoping they face somebody else other than charlotte but you know it's charlotte so i definitely want them to lose um <laughs> tomorrow night but did you uh, we'll uh, see. did you did you see that uh that FC Dallas own goal dude? Oh yeah, the golazo. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. Like I would I, there was a I don't know, I think I sent it to you guys. It was like a guy said, um, it's like um, you know, like it was like it said like twenty years later, like oh da-, it's like remember when I played with Messi? He's like, Yeah, he caught the ball and I headed into the goal. <laughs> dude, that was like I don't know, that's when you're like, dude, this is a conspiracy theory because that guy looked like he was trying dude, to score up and across from Messi. Who I mean, in the who in the right mind heads the ball towards the goal? Like, yeah, he like he like flicked his head into the goal instead of like, like trying to flick the ball out. Yeah, that goal. was questionable, bro. That was and did you see um um, and I'm sure like a lot of other players do this, but they just, you know, got messy, you know, on, you know, cause of course all the cameras are going to be on him, um, him scooting the ball, um, close like to the side more so he can have a better angle at the free kick. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't like see he that. Kept move, he kept looking at the ref and moved the ball, moved the ball, moved the ball, moved the ball, and then finally set it, and that's when he scored that goal. Dang. Yeah, the ref's got to... The rest gotta come down and just treat Messi like a you know a regular player. I know it's it's hard, but that's give keeps the integrity of the game. Um, Abner, do you think Messi being um, in MLS is it making MLS look uh, worse to the world, better or indifferent? So I'm a, so I did get into this uh, discussion with some people, and you know sometimes I just don't respond because it's just like you guys don't know soccer. Messi was doing this in the World Cup. Messi was right. doing this in La Liga. Messi was doing this at the PSG. Messi was doing this in the Champions League. He's done it at the top level. So when he comes here and does it, like, why are we all all of a sudden surprised? Why are we so surprised? Like, oh, MLS sucks because, you know, Messi can work. Messi made a guy at the biggest stage in the world, at the World Cup, look like a fool when he took him down the line and just crossed him over. And the dude ended up getting bought for, like, 50 million or something like that as a defender and Messi mm-hmm. made him look like a regular thing right Right. and, and there was this guy it's like um, I follow him on Twitter it's an account it's, I think it's called MLS Buzz and he's like oh yeah you know, MLS is so sorry look look how he easily scored and they showed a highlight but it was a highlight of him at Barcelona doing it against La Liga opponents and then it's like oh look you know Messi right. again taking it easy on the MLS team, and it was like it was like in a Champions League match. So basically, what he's saying is like he does this no matter where he goes. So why all of a sudden, you know, you know, you're gonna take take um, you know take on defenders like make them look bad just because they're in the MLS? No, he does this everywhere. It's not a surprise. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you a thousand percent. There's already a narrative out there from the Euro styles of people about what MLS is. So when Messi's turning it up, it just it's just something they just want to pile on when, again, like you mentioned, Messi has done it everywhere, can still do it anywhere in the world. So just that he's doing it in MLS is no different. It's just now there's a bigger platform and a lot of Americans, let's face it, they're being introduced to Messi for the first time. You know, they didn't they weren't watching La Liga games week in and week out, um, or watching PSG. Um, if you can get those games, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, uh, but obviously, uh, you take nothing away from Messi. He has been on fire. He's been amazing. He has completely changed that inner Miami team. Obviously, you got uh, Busquets, um, uh, Jordi Alba, and um, Iniesta hasn't played yet, but I think that's a done deal too. So, Iniesta, we'll no, he signed with you, uh, you um, Rob Emirates. So he's oh really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what the heck? I thought that was a done deal. No, no, no. You can't you, just because you see it on Facebook doesn't make it official, Dude, David. Freaking fake news, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they. Inter Miami is a complete. Like the Falcons won the team. Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh, that, yeah, they, they did. Dude, what are you talking about? That happened. <laughs> You're living in a weird alternate reality. <laughs> um, but hey, the other game I want to talk about, dude. Did you watch the Nashville versus America game? Oh man, yeah. You tweeted uh, that, and then I saw the highlights <laughs> after that. I was like, dude. Okay, so. <laughs> No, no, no. I just, I just wanted, I just, I, you know what? Like, and I get it from the Mexican side. Well, let me, let me explain it first. But let me just say this. Okay. I get it from the Mexican side uh, part. You got to have games in Mexico, bro. I don't care what you say. You got to have games out there. I don't know how you're going to make it work. There's no make way it work. it's going to happen. But there is, I mean, you have to, bro. You have to. So I want, I want to bring that up too. But first, so the Nashville America game. So, uh, the first controversy was that uh, so there was a, a handball call in Nashville 
Uh, they had VAR. It took a while for them to get it, and they got it. And America goes up 2-1. It's like the 89th, 90th minute, whatever happens. Really late in the game. And then they add uh, five minutes of extra time. But because of the VAR call celebration afterwards, it went all the way to like the 90, 98th minute. And then, boom, Nashville scores in the 98th minute um, to, tie, to make it 2-2. So, boom, there's the number one reason why the America fans are upset, right? Uh, now, reason number two, which is way bigger, is now they're tied. They go to the PK shootout, which is the format of this tournament. And uh, they're, they're, they go through the first five PKs. It's even, so they're in sudden death. Um, America makes their penalty. And then Nashville steps up. I forgot the name of the player, so forgive me. Uh, but the, Amer uh, the Amer America goalkeeper comes up with a save. He starts celebrating. The uh, America players run across the field to the keeper. Fans are celebrating. Some of the fans got on the field, actually. So while this is all going on, apparently there's a VAR check. So the refs are like talking or whatever, but it's not clear. Like, I thought the game was over. I changed the channel until my little brother told me like, dude, put the game back on. So apparently VAR saw the keeper and it's clear he he jumped off his line both feet before the, uh, the, before the shooter shot the ball. Which in the rules, you got to have at least one foot on the line if you're going to jump off of your line to block the PK. So they get everybody set. Everybody's obviously mad, heated, but everybody gets set. Uh, he retakes the PK, and guess what, Abner? He makes it. Mm. So now <laughs> America goes up to take their PK, and then they <laughs> miss their PK. They hit the post. Nashville takes another PK, and they freaking win it. So um, the fans are livid. The players are pissed. They're going to the ref. The fans are throwing all kinds of stuff on the field. The national players just book it to the locker room. Um, pretty much mayhem. Um, so it was a crazy, crazy game. Uh, and it, afterwards, not too long ago, I think it was today, maybe, but Liga MX, uh, they put out a statement pretty much saying that, you know, the refing and everything has been has been pretty pretty crappy or whatever. They need to investigate. I don't know who who they're really talking to, but Abner, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, you know, you mentioned. I get why the America fans would be mad, but it was the right decision in the in the long run. I don't know if they could have been quicker with everything happening. I mean, the players are celebrating, the fans are rushing the field. Uh, but what do, what do you make of that whole situation? I mean. It, it was a good call, right? You can't you can't really get too upset with it. It was a good call. He was off his line, right? Do you think they? I, so the line. So there's a linesman on the the fourth official, right? He I didn't see it. He didn't raise his flag, so it was probably too quick for him. So that's why it went to VAR. So with it going to a VAR check, do you think they should have been quicker, or they should have made some kind of motion that is being looked at, or is it just everything happened so fast that people just ignored what the refs were doing? Yeah, I mean everything happens so fast. You you know think about it both ways, both emotions. One, your team just won; they're advancing. The other end, then the other one, your team just lost, so you're disappointed. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, 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 hold up! It's like, wait, what? What do you mean, hold up? And then now you're back, like my team might lose, my team might win. So it's a <laughs> lot, you know. But I mean, I don't know how. I mean, how fast you can get with VAR. I mean, because the rest got to make that decision at the end of the day, right? He's got—he's the one right. side. So it's like, 
they're probably going back and forth like hey i think he got off the line no well the linesman didn't say it was like well i think he did i don't know you maybe should go look at it maybe you should i don't know and they go back and forth it's like okay let me go look at it that time david that's what two three minutes five minutes that go by then he's got to go look at it another three minutes then he calls it then you got to calm the chaos and then you got to redo it bro (laughs) yeah come on man that's yeah I mean, but hey, that's what that's what VAR is there for. You yeah, know, to correct so these type of calls. We were saying, Abner, before uh, we got into the game. So uh, you know, they put out this statement, which I don't agree with the refing. I think the refing's been fine, but I do agree that Liga Emekis has been at a disadvantage in this tournament. One, um, you know, they just started their league. Most of them are only three games into the league. We're already close to the end of our our league, our season, right? Um, number two. There's, uh, what, like 12 more MLS teams than Liga Mekis teams? There's another disadvantage. Three, you're playing uh, away. All your games are away from home, far away from Mexico, right? That's huge. I mean, traveling in MLS is already hard, let alone traveling from a different country, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. So um, those are three huge disadvantages. But at the end of the day... This League's Cup is not an MLS thing. It's a joint venture between MLS and Liga MX. They knew what they were signing up for. They signed up for this. Now, if they want to make this better where they play in Mexico next time or make it more even, they can. I don't really see how that's going to be possible. It's a lot of travel to also include Mexico. And then if you even throw, like, you know, um, Canada in the bunch too, that's three countries that you'd have to travel to and fro. And I don't see how you can make that all finish in the span of three weeks unless you divide it up and have, you know, you maybe you have the group stages in this period and then you have the rest of the knockout stages at another part, like, months later. Um, and I, I, I'm nervous. It's really hard because I like this tournament. I, and I think we should keep it and I think we got to tweak it. But if you win this tournament, you would have had to play seven games. You had the two group stage games. You got the round of 32, you got the round of 16, round of 8, round of 4, then the final. Seven games. And then you got to go right back into your league right after. Seven games in three weeks if you win the whole thing or if you're in the final. That's a lot of soccer, man. Mm -hmm. And um, I I don't know. They need to find a way to trim that up because you're either going to get injuries. I mean, imagine Messi does all this great stuff and then he picks up a hamstring injury and he's out for three to four weeks, right? Inter-Miami League wins now. That can mm. greatly affect if they make the playoffs. So I like the tournament, but they need to tweak it somehow and they need to reduce the number of games. And I, I honestly think they should make like a, a qualifying, like maybe, you know, like, you know, if you have 16 teams, maybe the top eight teams in MLS, top eight teams in Liga makes that finish in their season or something like that. I don't know what it, I'm just talking here, but what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I would like for that to happen. Like maybe the you know, top 10 teams, you know, go and make it to this, um, you know, and they, they just go from there because, you know, I know everybody wants to get added into it. But David, there's some teams, I would say from both sides, probably mainly um, MLS that didn't belong there. <laughs> hey, look at Keratato, uh, dude. Look at Keratato. Yeah, and then you know you have, and then you also have as a Matsaslan, something like that. Who beat, yeah, who beat Austin, and they hadn't won at all, like in their own league or something like that. It's, yeah, so I, I love the league day. I love the tournament. I love the idea. I just I would want to see this these games in Mexico somehow because 
like you said, they agreed to the terms. They agreed to having the games. And even here, David, like, you know, when they I went to the fan base, they have a huge fan base. So they know they're going to sell out. You know, maybe this tournament is not as big over there because, David, do you really see some of these fans traveling to Mexico? Maybe, you know, a couple hundred, but not, you know, it's not going to be as big as what they have whenever yeah. they come here. Well, so, the, fans are, the fans are here. Yeah. The, yeah, the so, Liga Mekis fans are already here. You know, there's done in Mexico. So it makes more sense. You're going to make more money here, right? Mm -hmm. But but I get it. Uh, maybe they'll tweak it in the next year. Um, but that being said, Admiral, the quarterfinals are set. The final eight teams are in. So you got Philadelphia versus uh, Queretaro. Or Queretaro? Queretaro. Mm -hmm. There we go. Uh, and then you got Nashville versus Minnesota. You got mm -hmm. Miami Nashville. versus Charlotte. And you Miami. got LAFC versus Monterrey. Um, so those, <laughs> so you've got out of the eight teams, you've only got two Mexican clubs, uh, and which is crazy because in the previous round, you know, we talked about Nashville and America. Um, both those games could have went the other way around, where you could have had uh, Toluca and Minnesota, and then Nashville and America went to PKs. You could have had a flip, so you could have had a break even of four Mexican teams and four American uh, MLS teams, excuse me. Um, which would have been crazy because we already talked about that MLS has an advantage, right, with more teams. But right now you've got eight teams, six MLS teams, two Mexican clubs. You'd favor the MLS, MLS teams, but um, if there's anybody that's going to get out, out of this, it's Pauli Monterrey. Uh, but uh, Queratoro has, I mean, <laughs> they're the small club that's <laughs> just made it this far, so who knows? Maybe they're on a Cinderella run. Maybe they can complete it. Um, but the cool thing is all the games are on August 11th, uh, so tomorrow. So uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. It's been a fun tournament. Yeah, definitely. I'll put some uh, some money down and see see if I can. You got come a bookie? Up. Can you hook me up? Yeah, Who's bro. Your I can. I can't say this on live, bro. It'll be a after after hours special. Is his first name Donald? Last name uh, Trump? No. <laughs> it rhymes with bump. <laughs> all right, mijo. Next thing. All right. The FIFA Women's World Cup. All right. So, uh, as we all know, the U.S. It. Women's National Team I told you. got eliminated from the World Cup in the round I told of 16. You. I didn't want to listen. In PKs, which is the worst World Cup performance in U.S. Women's National Team history. And even worse than that, Abner, is they lost me money. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah they, money hey, on them. hey, but they got paid. That's that's what they wanted, right? They, they, they got, got paid, right? They got paid. They, that's they what get they, paid. They got they got the revenue that they wanted, and they're they all happy dandy signing autographs <laughs> for for pack, getting down to the next round, which that's what you should have done. As you're done, you're you're the number one team in the world. You're the USA. You're a big disappointment. Get oh, let it go. He's going, guys. He's I'm going. going. I'm going in, dude. Going. I'm so all disappointed. Right. I was so happy. I was so happy. Hey, Abner. Throwing it all out there. All right, look. I want to get into. I want to get into I'll some. Uh, I want to. I want to get into some of the the team overall, the politics. But first, uh, just so the U.S. Uh, they play better in the game against Sweden, uh, but they couldn't score, so they went to the PK shootout. And then uh, it's kind of funny because the U.S. actually started really well. Both teams started well, and uh, uh, Sweden was the one that missed their first PK. We actually had two chances to win the shootout. But we had PK misses from Megan Rapino, Sophia Smith, who's the young buck making her uh, tournament debut, and then Kelly O'Hara. So we got three PK misses. 
Um, and then the last one, Adam, I don't know if you saw the last PK that Sweden took to win it, where uh, 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 Listener like saved it the first time, and then she kind of went to grab it the second time, and it was that much, one little tiny centimeter over the line, and they call it a goal, and Sweden advances to uh, the quarterfinals. It sure does. It sure does. So Abner, obviously, <laughs> this is a disappointment. There's no way around it. Um, womp, Carly womp, Lloyd, Carly womp. Lloyd, had some strong words about the team, mm. saying that, you know, pretty much similar to what was said about the U.S. men's national team when they missed the uh, qualifying for the 2018 World Cup. Mm-hmm. That you know they're kind of spoiled. Um, maybe they weren't taking things too seriously. Maybe their minds were on other things, Abner. Because obviously, you can't ignore that. You know the the equal pay thing. You know it was it was pretty much any all anybody has talked about for the last two years. That could have affected things. I think it did. Um, so you already said some of your thoughts, Abner. But do you agree? Do you agree with Carly Lloyd? Um, and also, do you think that? Uh, do you just think we have? You think we have a bad player pool, or is it a combination of maybe everything? Look. Like- we're USA. Oh, right? here we go. We're USA. No, no, no. Let me get let me get this out. We're USA. When USA didn't qualify, the men's didn't qualify for the World Cup. Biggest disappointment in sports history for me. Because, you know, soccer is yeah. my number one sport. And Same USA, here. I'm always gonna support men's or women's. David, I was screaming at the women's games and my wife's like, Why are you screaming that way? I was like, Because if this was the men's playing, I'd be screaming the same way. I expect a lot. You give USA gives me hope that we are the team. We are win or bust, right? We are the team. We are the USA. We are the team that everybody looks at. We're the Brazil of the men's side, right? Because Brazil is no they've won five World Cups. Everybody always thinks no matter who it is, Brazil is Brazil, right? That's the same. Brazil va ser Brazil. No matter who what it is, who it is. If they're playing the U seventeen, you Brazil is Brazil. Same thing with USA women's. USA is USA. No matter who's out there. And you put a performance like this, especially the first game. I, I I saw in the first game and I told everybody and I said it, I'm not impressed by this USA team. You barely won 3-0 against Vietnam. Vietnam. Nothing not to knock on Vietnam because they made it to the World Cup. That's a great, you know, for them, right? Because the mm-hmm. world is just getting started in the women's sports and then soccer, women's soccer sports. You barely win 3-0. And they said, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Then you go to the next game. See the same thing. Then you go to the next game and you celebrate because, yeah. Okay, I get it. You got to draw. And I get it. You could have, even if you won, Netherlands was always going to get first anyways. But you put yourself in that situation anyways. We were all goalposts away from not even getting out of the group, which would have been, I think, even more embarrassing than us not qualifying for the World Cup um, in 2018. So... And then you have this game, right? This game that's, you know, means a lot. And it, it, it was a great game. I think, you know, we had a great chance at that keeper. Sweden's keeper had a great, great, great um, game. But David, in these types of tournaments, you have to have momentum going. You have to have that attitude that you can beat anybody that's in front of you. You have to have the attitude that you are the USA, that you are you the need number Abby one. Back. You need you just you just need David. What I've been saying, you you they were missing the grit. They didn't have no grit. They had no fight. Yeah. You know, and when the what was the captain's name? I always forget her name. Oran, 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 Oran. Yeah, 
but she showed that grit versus her own club teammate too um i was like yeah that's it and then she scored a goal and she just celebrated like like it was the you know that's what we needed that's what we're missing but we just couldn't carry that and something that um you know the old heads the old vets have said it's like they don't see themselves in this team you know what they built uh what they you know the foundation that they have set up it's like they were so ah well you know i've been you know i got to the world cup i have more world cups i can play the young players right mm-hmm. and the vets ah well you know i won one or two eh, you know what's there to play for and the coach doesn't make certain subs doesn't even sub people in doesn't change things makes weird weird decisions and then says oh well i'm proud of this team no you failed this team mm-hmm. they'll be proud of it you failed this team you're usa you were Set yes, the world the world has caught up, and you know they're putting more more uh, money and and investing in the women's uh, soccer. But still, you put a performance like that. No, it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. I'm disappointed in every in them. Um, you know, I'm still following the World Cup. But David, I'm we when the round of what was it? The round of six? No, 32, mm-hmm. 16, 16, round of sixteen just finished. Yeah, yeah, round of sixteen. David, I I had Sweden advancing. Uh, and yeah. I think out of all my picks, I only got one wrong, which is Australia beating Norway. I'd had Norway beating Australia, but yeah, it, it was like I think I had no faith in that team advancing. I was hoping they proved me wrong, but I don't yeah, know, man. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I mean, well said, Abner, and uh, I think we all saw it coming. Obviously, the group stages was a strong indicator, and everybody was just like, "Well, they're gonna, you know, it's the USA. They're gonna hit that gear." And, you know, they're going to start turning out wins and start playing better. And it just never happened. And, you know, I think it's a little bit of uh, the personnel. We had a lot of young players. The veterans weren't really playing that well. I mean, I think we probably expected more from Alex Morgan. Um, definitely expected more from Megan Rapino. I mean, Abner. Oh, hey, the- breaking news. Hold on. Sorry. Breaking news. Uh, Megan Rapino's ball has finally landed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was a terrible, terrible PK. Um, Sophia Smith was bad too, but obviously, you know, she's she's a young, young, it's her first World Cup. Uh, and she was not even, you know, if Megan Rapino scores hers, you don't even get to that part where she has to take her penalty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I think bad leadership from, from the, the veteran players... Yeah, young a lot of young player, young up and coming players too that were in the tournament, and uh, I mean it just showed that we just struggled so hard to to score, um, and I don't think we had any any killers, any finishers, like you mentioned that grit. I mean it's just uh, it was just a different team out there, and I mean now it's it, we're in a different phase because we've been so dominant. Now when it's time for the next World Cup, it's not going to be like, oh, are we going to win this World Cup, right? It's going to be like. We just we need to make a good run. Let's see where we're at. Can we get back to the glory days? You know, it's going to be a different feel for the next World Cup than how than what were, what were we talking about? What was everybody talking about this World Cup? Can they make it three World Cups in a row? Uh, not even close, right? <laughs> <laughs> not even close. Yeah, but it just is what it is. Uh, I mean, we still support the U.S. Women's National Team. I just hope the next few years, um, you know, we we kind of get out of the politics. I think. You know, Megan Rapino, obviously, she's a GOAT for the for women's soccer and U.S. women's national team. But I did think she took too much attention away from the soccer. 
Um, and, you know, people are going to disagree or whatever, but when you focus on just the sport that you're playing, usually good things happen. Um, when you kind of steer away, then you let a lot of other things into the locker room that distract you. Um, but I, mean, I want to get, you know, we're, the World Cup is still going on just because the U.S. Women's National Team is out. Uh, we got the quarterfinals that are set, too. You got Spain versus Netherlands. Who you got there? Uh, well, they're at halftime, 0-0. I got Spain. I got Netherlands. Uh, Japan versus Sweden. Uh, Japan. I got Japan, too. Australia versus France. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up. Uh, France. Yeah, I'll go with France. But I would I would put money on Australia. You know, they're probably the underdogs. Um, and they're they're obviously, they're playing at home. Then last one, England versus Colombia. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good Colombia has been the fun team to watch in this tournament. Yeah, I have England. I have England. Oh, my 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 uh my brother in law is English, so uh, yeah. yeah but you don't like your sister that much. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, um, I'll go for England. In that one. God, bless. oh, it's not the uh, Queen anymore. No. God save, yeah, God save the oh, Queen. It's not the Queen. Um, all right, let's wrap it up, Abner. Wait, so wait, got... wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So all you right. said, so you said Netherlands, Japan. France and England, right? Yeah. So France and England, who do you have? Oh, to go to the L. Okay, France and England. France. And then Spain and Japan? Uh, Japan. Oh, you have Netherlands. Wait, you have Netherlands. Oh, yeah, right? I have Netherlands. I have so Netherlands or Japan? Japan. So you have yes. Japan and England are in the final? Yeah. Who do you have winning it? Dang, you know what? I think Japan might... might... Repeat, so. repeat it and have be a World Cup. No, not repeat, but be win the World Cup again. I have uh, have Spain, Japan, France, and England. I have Spain and France. Uh, sorry, Spain and England going, and England taking it. It's bringing it home. It's coming home. It's coming home. That'd be kind of funny for the for the bed because it's like it's the women that finally brought it home. Right? Imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, all right, Admiral, let's wrap it up. Uh, we had a lot to catch up on, guys. Um, but we, our next game, we still got 10 more freaking days yeah, till we get to see a lot of y'all play. This has been the worst. But the only good thing we have is we got uh, we got Leagues Cup. We got EPL starting tomorrow. Uh, you know, uh, people oh, yeah, like, you do have that like uh, the other kind of football, American football. That's coming back, too. So we got a couple things. But... I mean, Atlanta United is always going to be number one in my heart, so I can't wait to see them take the pitch. And for the love of God, let's look like the Atlanta United that has heart, determination, that has that will to fight. Yes, por favor. All right. See you all soon. Peace. Later. Later.